Athens County Care, started in December 2020, is a project of the United Seniors of Athens County. If you or someone you know would benefit from Athens County Care Consultation or another Athens County Cares program, please contact us at 740-541-4281. We're here for you, Athens County, because Athens County Cares. Good morning. I am Micah, the host of the Athens County Cares Show and the Dementia Inclusive Coordinator for Athens County Cares. Today's show is about cancer awareness, including symptoms, when to talk to your doctor, and other information. Joining me this morning to discuss this topic is Julie Torsky, Cancer Physician Assistant at Ohio Health Oblinus Hospital. Good morning, Julie. Thank you for joining me. Good morning. Thank you for having me. So this morning, could you tell us about some of the signs and symptoms of cancer in older adults that um, they should be on the lookout for? Sure. So in general, we worry that something could be caused by a cancer when it doesn't go away or continues to get worse over time. So some of the things that we look for are worsening fatigue, feeling tired, unexplained weight loss, uh, changes in eating like a loss of appetite, feeling full, nausea, trouble swallowing, uh, lumps or swelling that doesn't go away, a new pain that can't be explained, things like persistent changes in bowel habits or bladder function, any unexplained bleeding or bruising, skin changes, things like a mole that bleeds or has changed color, a new cough that doesn't go away, uh, any vaginal bleeding in a postmenopausal female, or new headaches or vision changes. And those are just some examples. Um, most of those symptoms could also be caused by other medical problems besides cancer, but I think it's important to pay attention to your body and just monitor for changes and persistent symptoms that don't go away. So that seems like a long list of symptoms and kind of <laughs> overwhelming <laughs> sitting here listening to those. And I don't mean to laugh. I'm sorry. That's not a, it's not a funny thing. Um, but can't, can't, those do sound very overwhelming. So how, sure. how and when should you talk to your doctor about those? Sure. So, well, that is a long list of symptoms, and it does encompass a lot of different conditions. Um, you know, we don't get worried when it's a one-time thing. It's just when you start to notice changes in the way you feel, changes in your body that are consistent, that are happening over weeks to months, and either not going away or starting to get worse. So I don't want to scare people and make them nervous, you know, every time they cough or they have anything different. But, you know, it's just when you notice something that's a change from your baseline. Um, and if you start to notice things like that, I think the first thing that you should always do is just talk to your doctor or healthcare provider. Uh, at times, you know, these symptoms, again, could indicate a cancer, but a lot of times they could be explained by other healthcare problems, too, that could be very treatable by your doctor. Or at the very least, you just get some reassurance that it's not a cancer. Um, and I think sometimes there can be a lot of fear or worry about a cancer that delays people from seeking care. But, you know, in general, there's more treatment options available the earlier that you detect a cancer. So it's always best to just start with talking to your doctor and figure out what's going on and kind of go from there. Yeah, I think the worst for me, the worst thing is time to Google <laughs> yes, and the internet is not always our friend, that's for sure. 
my my husband is like, please put your phone down. <laughs> um, one thing, one thing I think um, I hear from friends and family is I can't get into my doctor. What do you, what do you, is there any advice for someone? And, and I don't know if anybody else has family members, anyone else listening has family members that really have a hard time speaking up for themselves. Um, so let's say you have a family member who does have a mole change or does have a persistent cough and they're like, Oh, I know I need to see the doctor, but I called and I can't get in. And I want to ask them, what did you, what did you tell the doctor's office when you called? What, what should they tell the doctor's office when they call to try to get in? So I think, you know, it's important to communicate your symptoms and communicate that you're not just calling for a routine checkup. You know, you're calling because something is different, something has changed, you know, you're not feeling well. And that should sort of set off some red flags in healthcare providers' minds that, you know, that patient does need to be evaluated a little bit sooner. Um, I think you're 100% right that people will just wait, oh, you know, I have my physical schedule this summer, I'll get it checked out then, or, or they wait until they would have had their next cancer screening scheduled anyway, you know, oh, my mammogram is this fall, I'll just put it off until then. But, you know, when you, heart, when you start to have symptoms or you're concerned about something, really that does warrant a more prompt evaluation and not waiting for those routine health evaluations. Um, so it's important to, you know, not only call and express your concerns, and if you feel like you aren't getting heard, you know, maybe you try another provider. Um, or if they're really that booked, you know, sometimes telehealth is an option if you can't get in in person. Um, and based on your conversation, you know, certainly that may prompt additional workup or testing that needs to be done. So does cancer become more prevalent as we age? Or are, do our chances increase as we age? A lot of the cancers that we see are more common in older folks, absolutely. Um, so it depends on, on cancers. And there's a lot of different factors as well, you know, family history, environmental exposures, other habits like smoking, things like that can certainly increase your risk. But, yeah, in general, most cancers are more prevalent as you age. So... If someone doesn't have a primary care doctor in general, um, or they don't have great insurance, what are their options to, to getting seen and screened? So it always depends first on this, you know, how severe your symptoms are. I think it's unfortunate when people wait and wait and wait because of that and they don't have access to care or they don't know where to go and then they end up in places like the emergency room. You know, that's not the place that you necessarily want to be diagnosed with a cancer. Um, so if we can intervene before that, obviously that's the goal. Um, you know, I think there's some really good local resources here in Athens to connect people with access to care for cancer screenings. There's even mobile units that, you know, travel throughout the area for things like women's health screenings periodically. There's a mobile mammogram unit, um, you know, but if a symptom is severe enough that it warrants more urgent evaluation, you know, there are places like urgent care and, you know, certainly the ER at times that would connect you with testing and things that needed to be done. But hopefully 
you're able to have it before we get to that point. So what is your role in the doctor's office as a physician's assistant? So my role is to work with the cancer physicians um, as part of the whole team here in Athens to assist and support the patients throughout the whole process. So, you know, we see all types of cancers here in Athens. Um, Our cancer center was renovated, I think, in 2017. So now we have infusion services, we have chemotherapy, radiation oncology, you know, pretty comprehensive cancer treatment all under one roof. Um, So I assist in a lot of that process of helping the patients. You know, I see them pre-treatment when they're on an active treatment for a cancer. I help troubleshoot issues throughout treatment in terms of any supportive care that we can add to make it better. Um, And then I also have a role in just surveillance in terms of monitoring patients once they're done with their treatment and, you know, the the post-treatment care in the years following. So it sounds like if, if someone were to, because cancer is a scary word. I mean, no, no one wants to hear that word in their in their life <laughs> right. associated with themselves or a loved one, um, and and everyone always hears the sooner you get diagnosed, the better outcome, right? Like that's the better the prognosis. Um, Absolutely, I think in general, um, the earlier we find a cancer, the more treatment options that are available, and the more likely treatment is to be successful. Um, So that sort of goes back to people delaying care sometimes out of fear or worrying about cancer, but really the sooner we find it, the sooner we know what's going on, the more options will be there to help. So that's really important. So if if someone were to to get screened and something is found, it sounds like there's plenty of, of support within an office to to have you're not you're not going to be alone through that process no I think people are always surprised to find how much support they really do have through this process um you know like you said cancer can be a really scary word I think that diagnosis sort of stops everybody in their tracks in terms of what they're faced with you know that changes the weeks to months moving forward in every way or it can at times so the support that you have through your oncologist, you know, through your doctor's office is really, really helpful and really important. Um, I think our office specifically does a really great job of providing resources, whether it's transportation, you know, help getting there for treatments, um, things like that to, to really make it as seamless of a process as possible because we know how hard it can be on families and patients. Are there support groups in the area for um elder adults and cancer? There are. You know, it's with COVID and the pandemic, a lot of those things have been forced to go remote. Um, But I know that they're starting to try to do more of that. And there are some online resources for things as well. Do you know if there's any specific things for caregivers? So the caregiver role can be a really tough one. Um, I've I think there are some support groups and online resources for them as well. Well, the patient's the one actually doing the treatment. I know it can also be a really big burden on people caring for somebody that has cancer. 
So we can connect patients to those resources and their family members to find some help as well. That's one thing our organization, the Athens County Cares um, Project, is working on is, is care, a caregiver program. Um, and we have some great resources and people working with caregivers. And it's, it's amazing how much stress caregiving adds to someone's life. And having just someone support the caregiver that the just the stress reduction and, and that that improves the quality of life so much for the caregiver and the care receiver absolutely i think you know not only is this diagnosis kind of a game changer for the patient but you're right it's for the family too you know often family members have to adjust their work schedules and things like that to be able to to take the time to transport patients to treatment and to be there to support them so um, we have some good resources through the Cancer Center that help to ease that as much as we can, whether, you know, financial assistance, things like that, to, to make it as stress-free for the family as possible. Would you be able to elaborate a little bit about um, what you should do if cancer is suspected? Absolutely. So, again, I reviewed that long list of symptoms, and I think... Those symptoms could mean a lot of different conditions. It's not just cancer that we're worried for. So in talking to your doctor, you know, their role is to sort of put the whole picture together of listening to you as a patient, um, putting that, you know, in the context of your other medical issues, and then probably getting more information. So what does that usually entail? Um, Ordering some blood work, perhaps, additional scans, you know, imaging, things like ultrasounds, mammograms. Um, If they only talked to you on the phone, if it was a telehealth, you know, probably bringing you into the office and doing a physical exam. But usually we start with just gathering more information to try to figure out what's going on. And if in that process a cancer is identified, then your, your primary care doctor or your healthcare provider would probably refer you to a specialist who specializes in cancer care to figure out what the treatment plan is, you know, what's the plan of attack of next steps. Because I think there's a lot of fear in the unknown at times. You know, we we hear the word cancer, it can be really scary, but people feel much more reassured once they have a plan, once there's a clear path, and what they know we're going to do to treat the cancer. Is there any age in which cancer screening stops? So that varies on the type of cancer, but yes, um, certain cancers we do stop screening at, at certain ages. Uh, some are 65, you know, some it's as high as 85, but a lot of that depends on your other health factors, you know, how, what other medical problems you have. Um, so it's important to always check with your doctor about what screening guidelines they have for you specifically, you know, how are they unique to you as an individual patient because there may be individual factors that determine we stop screening for certain things sooner or maybe there's something that we need to continue to screen for. Um, And along those lines, you know, screening guidelines are always changing with new technology, more information coming out. Um, So just because you've had screenings in the past, the guidelines may have changed or there may be other options that maybe weren't available to you previously 
to continue to do screenings. So it's always worth just checking in with your doctor and seeing what they recommend. That's interesting. I think, um, I mean, I've heard that some cancers are slow growing in in older people, in older adults. So it's not something you need to worry about. And I've even heard some people say, well, mom is 80 and has, you know, skin cancer, but we're not going to worry about it or some other cancer and we're not going to worry about it. Um, I just found, find that interesting. (laughs) Sure. I I know what you mean. Um, you know, and that's where you have to kind of look at the patient as a whole and say, what is a reasonable life expectancy for this person? You know, are they an 80-year-old that potentially is going to live to be 100? And that person, we're going to continue to screen for things that may be slow growing. Um, whereas, you know, there's times with an 80-year-old that gets a cancer diagnosis that they have so many other medical comorbidities that cancer treatment just may not be realistic, and we focus more on comfort measures or, you know, if it really is a slow-growing cancer that we just don't worry about it. So that's where it's a very individualized approach, I'd say, for every cancer diagnosis. So it really depends on the patient. So if someone were diagnosed um, in Athens, would they re- would, would they receive their treatment down here? We do our best to keep as much of it here locally as possible. Um, you know, the Athens, the cancer center there at Oblenis, we have an affiliation with the MD Anderson Cancer Network, so that sort of gives us access to the resources of a larger cancer center, even though we are a smaller community-based center. So we really tried our best because we know travel and, you know, having to do testing further away can be a really big challenge for some patients. Um, So there's times where patients have to go up to Columbus or Lancaster for certain procedures or surgeries or you know, specialized testing. Um, But the majority we really try to keep here local in Athens. So chemotherapy, some radiation services, all of that is done locally. I'm sure that's reassuring to some patients who have transportation problems or mobility problems, um, financial strain, um, because there is a lot of financial strain when there's an illness involved, a long-term illness involved. Absolutely, especially if it means family members aren't able to work or the patient's not able to work through it, you know, things like that. So if we can minimize all of the other factors just to focus on treatment and getting the patient well, that's absolutely the goal. You mentioned the Heritage Community Mobile Clinic and the Women's Clinic. Uh, Can we touch on some of the places that that the mobile clinics visit in the area? Sure. I know uh, the mobile clinic covers everywhere from Nelsonville, Logan, Coolville, Pomeroy, uh, Tupper Plains, Shawnee, MacArthur, Chester Hill, a pretty wide geographic area um, with the goal of just trying to deliver, deliver care to people that aren't able, you know, they don't have transportation or for other factors, they aren't able to get into clinics to be screened. So it's a really great program. I think they're doing a great job of trying to connect resources to patients that may not have access otherwise. And those those visits to the clinic are free? Yes. Okay. 
I just think that's such a great service and great information. So the community mobile clinic does basic physical physicals, right? So um, blood pressure, cholesterol check, heart health kind of thing. And then the women's clinic does the breast and cervical cancer screenings. Yeah, I believe so. Um, so that's sort of the first step in, you know, the whole cancer diagnostic process um, is just being screened. So pap smears, you know, mammograms, breast exams, all of those things. Um, getting that initial first contact is so, so important. Because the goal is with screening that you're catching a precancer or a very early cancer before it even becomes symptomatic. So... You know, if we can get those resources into the community and get to those patients, you know, free of charge, um, hopefully you're catching these things before they even become a cancer. Uh, what would you have to say to anyone who's been putting um, mammograms and other cancer screenings off? I know that's been a concern for a lot of patients over the past two years with the ongoing pandemic. Patients have said, oh, I'll just wait to do my mammogram later, you know, and things just keep getting put off. But what I would say to that is, you know, cancer screenings are so, so important. Um, you really shouldn't be putting them off. And we're able to do them safely with COVID precautions in place that, you know, cancer screenings are still ongoing despite the pandemic. And really patients should feel pretty safe to come in and have those done. Well, Julie, thank you so much for joining me today. It has been a pleasure, and thank you for sharing so much great information with our audience, and um, it's it's been great. Thank you. You're so welcome. Thank you so much. Have a good day. You too. Thank you for joining us today. If you or someone you know would benefit from Athens County Care Consultation or another Athens County Cares program, please contact us at 740 541 4281 or 740-541-4970. Tune in on Tuesday for another show with Athens County Cares. We're here for you, Athens County, because Athens County Cares. And now, Scott Daly joins you on a musical sentimental journey with the best golden sentimental songs of the good old days chugging along the musical railways in the musical history on old number 97 on 970 WATH and 97.1 FM. This is Joe Burrow, quarterback for the Cincinnati Bengals, and you're listening to Classic Hits 970 AM WATH 97.1 FM, the home of the Cincinnati Bengals in Athens, Ohio. train still rolls from Athens to LA.
Friday morning from 970 WATH. Yes, indeed, old number 97 is sporting that Bengals banner today. As it used to be said when Joey played at Athens High School, the A train kept right on a rolling. It rolled through Columbus down to Baton Rouge. And now the train has rolled into L.A. for Super Bowl 56. And old number 97 is going to be right there with them. As she huffs and puffs her way this morning through the beautiful hills and valleys of Athens and southeastern Ohio, we are privileged to listen to the tribute song to Dad, who hosted this program for so many years, and Dad just loved watching Joey play. So I know he'll be watching again Sunday, like many of your loved ones who may have passed on and loved ones still with us as we will celebrate the Bengals here in Athens as it has touched this community, this region, I'm going to say the nation and probably the world too. But for now, we continue on a sentimental journey. And as I mentioned, listening to the tribute song to Dad, I'm proud, privileged, honored, and truly blessed to, co- to continue his legacy and his sentimental journeys here at 97WATH. So come on along and join in the fun. Hop on the A-Train. Hey, there's room for everybody on the Bengals wagon. Come on in, jump on, let's go, Joe, and let's go on a sentimental journey. And with that, here we go.
Last October, I believe it was, we was going to hold a tent service all off at this college town, and we got there about dinner time on Saturday. And uh, different ones of us thought that we ought to get us a mouthful to eat before that we set up the tent. And so we got off of the truck and followed this little bunch of people through this small little bitty patch of woods there. And we come up on a big sign. It says, get something to eat here. And uh, I went up and got me two hot dogs and a big orange drink. And before that I could take every mouthful of that food, this whole raft of people come up around me and got me to where I couldn't eat nothing, a 